It's Palm Sunday this week. You, that is a week before uh, Easter, and it's a very uh, significant week. You know, uh, a week before Jesus went to the cross, there was an event. It was called Jesus' triumphant entry, and he was coming into Jerusalem. And in, uh, in, in Matthew 21, this is what happened. Jesus got on a colt followed by a donkey, and rode into town. Now, this event was prophesied in the days of old several times in the Old Testament, and the time has come, and Jesus is riding on a colt, and people start to throw their clothes over the donkey onto the road, and they get palm branches, and they begin to wave these palm branches. And the Bible says that they started to shout and cry, Hosanna. And, and last week, we talked about how it was significant when they called Hosanna to the highest that they were saying, this is the king. How many of you know that God is king? Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. It doesn't matter if you confess him or not right now. It doesn't change him being king. And they were shouting Hosanna to the highest. And he was riding in on a colt. A colt represented peace. How many of you are glad that Jesus came to bring peace? He said, I did not come to condemn the world, but I came that they might have life and life abundantly. How many of you know that the Christian life should be full of life and the abundant life? Not just down, out, struggling, I need God because I'm miserable. No, Jesus came that you'd have a good life. And so they started to shout out. To him and say Hosanna, and the word Hosanna means to save now. How many of you know that God can save you now? That if you are in a, a situation where you need help, he's just saying, hey, will you acknowledge me as king? Will you come to me and will you cry out to me as king because I'll save you? Because he hears the cries of his children. Amen. And so we're following up that message uh, today. You know, the climate... In Jerusalem at this time, they were waiting for the Messiah. But they had a certain uh, perception or a certain viewpoint of what the Messiah or the king would do in Jerusalem. So they thought that Jesus was going to come as a king to overthrow the Roman government and to begin to bring victory to the Jews. Now, Although Jesus was a king, how many of you know that he came to lay down his life so that he can produce more kings? In Revelations 1, it says that Jesus was the firstborn. He laid down his life that you and I will become kings and priests. So he did it another way. You know, God does things in a way sometimes that we don't understand. You know, the whole nation was thinking, well, you're going to overthrow, you're going to take charge. But he said, listen, I'm going to actually lay down my life so that you become king and that you can begin to reign. How many of you know that God wants you to reign in life? He doesn't want you to struggle. He said that you are more than a conqueror. Do you believe that? And I believe that, that God wants us this week. You know, this week is called Holy Week. They call this week Holy Week because you're, you're observing what Jesus did on the day of Easter, our Resurrection Sunday, when he rose again. You see, because Jesus died on the cross, that wasn't the main mark of you being able to believe in him and go to heaven. The main mark was that they put him in the grave and he rose again. That death couldn't stop him. Amen? 
And listen, we are able to experience that resurrection power when we begin to observe what he did on the cross for us. Now, the Bible says that he came into the city and they had palm branches and they begin to wave these palm branches. Now, these palm branches represented victory. These palm branches represented victory. As a matter of fact, in the temple, they would have palm branches on the doors of the temple and even embroidered on the, uh, the tabernacle and where it would be where, where the seraphim and all that was. They had palm branches there. The Bible says in Revelations at the end time that there are going to be people surrounded the throne of the Lamb and we're all going to be dressed in white and we're going to have palm branches over the throne of God. How many of you know that we don't have to wait to get to heaven to begin to have the victory? We can have the victory today. We can have the victory in our lives right now. If you're dealing with thoughts and emotions and things that you're going through, you don't have to wait to go to heaven to have victory. We need to just wave our palm branches and declare that we have victory right now. How many of you believe that? You know, we don't have palm branches here today, but we do have our palms we do have our hands, and when we wave our hands, what are we saying? We're saying, God, we're thankful for what you did, and I'm believing, I'm declaring that I have victory in you. How many of you believe that you have victory in him? That's why we worship. And, you know, it's a sign of honor. It's welcoming the king. It's the sign of thanksgiving. This right here, this right here, there's something special about thanksgiving. There's something special when we observe the work of Jesus and we begin to wave our hands and we begin to say, God, I'm, I'm thankful for you. When we really come back to that place where we know what he did for us, it begins to change us. Uh, my son, he went to a little football camp and um, he, uh, they had a couple of... Uh, they had a couple of, you know, football players that were kind of helping them out, and they were just making them feel good about themselves, you know. I loved it. And, uh, but when I went into that stadium, I loved that stadium because for Hammond High School, we played football in that stadium. We didn't have our own stadium in Hammond High School. We played all our games in that stadium, and when we played, we actually won state twice, two times in a, in a year, and, and when I, I haven't been in that stadium forever. But when I walked in that stadium and, and they still had some of the same, like, benches and, and the stadium itself it hasn't changed that much. It's, but they, they've done upgrades around it. But you could, it was still the same uh, atmosphere, you know. And you would hear the, the whistle and it had the same kind of smell. It was like this nostalgic atmosphere, right, where he, my son was playing, but I was having flashbacks of the feeling that we were on the field. You ever had that? Have you ever smelled something and it just brought you back? You ever smelled like fresh grass being cut and you remember when you played baseball when you were little? Made you think of like David Sunflower Seeds, you know what I mean? You just, it, it, you, it brought you back. And I, I was remembering when we were in a huddle and we just had this, uh, it was a certain electricity about it. And it brought me back. And I started to think about how certain things bring us back to the past. And Jesus has a secret for our lives to bring us back to our first love. He has a secret to bring us back to a place where 
you have pure thanksgiving and there's not so much mess in life. You remember when you gave your life to God, you felt this freedom. You felt this liberty. You felt like a thousand pounds were off your back and nothing was greater. You were lost, now you're found. And Jesus said, I want to do something that causes you to remember me so that you can conquer in life and have a pure heart when you worship me and you can worship with spirit and truth and you can worship in thanksgiving. And he said, this is what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to have communion. And when we have communion, it's going to bring you back. Look at your neighbor and say, we need to get brought back. When you have communion, it brings you back. You know, Jesus said, whenever you need to take it, whenever you need it, begin to take it. Whenever you're not feeling this life, what did he say? He said, my bread. He said, I am the bread of life. He is the word of God. He is what brings life in us. And his blood was a covenant for us. And, and he said, you bring these two together, and it has to do with the cross. When you evaluate the cross, life comes from the cross. Come on, his blood was shed so that we can be free. His blood was shed so that you can enter into the promises of God. When you go and you buy a car or you buy a house, you have to sign a contract. You know, with that contract, you can go home and know that that house is going to be mine. That house is mine. And that contract is backing me up legally that it belongs to me. And when Jesus died on the cross... He gave you rights. It was the cross was his signature that you can enter into the rights of Christianity, that all 6,000 promises in the Bible belong to you. Come on, I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. Because he said if you believe it, you can have it. The problem is our beliefs. See, he said, how do you conquer? Revelations 12, 11 says they overcame him, the enemy. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. That looks like communion to me. The word and the blood, the covenant. When we evaluate the cross, this is why the world calls us crazy. Because we believe in this thing of the cross that shoots adrenaline in our souls and makes us live. See, when you rely on the cross, you begin to think different. When you begin to evaluate the cross, you begin to feel different. You begin to come back to that first love, and you feel life. You feel life, and you feel it abundantly. No matter what you're going through, there is a place that you can go to with God. I would like to say that everything's going to be just peachy after you give your life to God. But as a matter of fact, those of you who've been serving God for a while, you understand that you didn't know you had problems until you gave your life to God. You gave your life to God, and you're like, I'm messed up. (laughs) And it's true. It's true. Life happens. Things happen. But God has given us a secret, a secret antidote, a supplement to be able to get you past the trees so that you can see the forest. Because a lot of times in your life, you have circumstances and things that throw, throw in your way to try to get your thought off of God. And try to get you distracted because this is what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to walk by sight, but he wants us to walk by faith. 
And the blood of Jesus and inspecting what Jesus did on the cross puts faith in us. The Bible says that when we begin to recognize that he went to the cross, when we evaluate that, the Bible says that he becomes the author, he already is, but the author and finisher of our faith. In other words, when you evaluate the cross, you're expecting things to change. Faith is injected in your life. This life, this life is, is uh, it's, it's not just the air that I, we breathe. It's a spiritual life that we were born for. You were born for the presence of God. You were born to have God as your father and feel close to him. And no matter what you're going through today, I believe that God is going to bring you to a place where you know him, you feel him, you're sure of him, and you come back to that first love. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 2.14. 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says this. It says, in the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory. What does that mean? Place to place with one never-ending victory. I don't know about you, but that's good news. I got a lot of scripture to read to you today. Is that good? Because it's one thing for me to speak, but the Bible says that his word, it's like a sword. And it separates all the junk from our life, and it begins to cause us to see what is real. It separates the flesh and the spirit, and it begins to transform us. And so he says the life in God is like one perpetual parade. Remember when Saints won the Super Bowl? We were in the parade. We didn't have palm branches, but we were waving. We were shouting. We were all in New Orleans, like just celebrating. And just the way that Jesus came into Jerusalem and they were celebrating, God is saying that in your life, your life should be a celebration. Your life should be a life of victory. That God doesn't want you to stay under the conditions of of just the world, but you don't live in this world, you live in another world, and it's the kingdom of God, and he's giving you the secret to victory. It's not just good motivation or inspiration, it is the power of the cross. Come on, when we begin to look at that cross, faith is injected in us. You've got a title deed to all the world. It doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter where you've been, God gives you a title deed to the promises he has for you so that you can come into victory. It says, through us he brings knowledge of Christ everywhere we go. People breathe in the exquisite fragrance. Because of Christ, we give off a sweet sense rising to God, which is recognized by those in the way of salvation, an aroma of redolent with life. Look at your neighbor and say, I smell victory. How many of you know that in victory you have excitement, you have joy, you have fulfillment, you have thanksgiving? How many of you want to feel that today? You want to come back to your first love and you want to feel that excitement. You want to feel, you know, you remember. You remember at a parade. Listen, you you see somebody win a football game, they're excited. Tears are coming down their eyes. They're full, you know, they're full of joy. They feel fulfilled. God wants you to feel filled in him. And God wants you to come into victory with him. We come back to that place in victory through 
communion. 1 John 5, 4 says, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Through our faith. How many of you want to come into faith? You want to break out of logic today and you want to come into faith. I love when Becca was singing today. He was saying that she was saying this is the song that God is singing over you that where there seems like there is no way, I am the way. Maybe you're going through something in your finances, in your family, in your body and it seems like there is no way, but the cross gives us a way. The cross is the promise. The cross is the the covenant, the promise that you can break out and begin to conquer. I want to give you today, I want to give you four promises that produces victory. When you look at the cross, there's four things that you need to remember, and it brings you into victory. How many of you want to, at the, at the end of this, when we come full of faith, we, we just want to usher in the king. We're going to usher in the king. We're going to begin to worship God. We're going to take communion in a little bit, and we're going to begin to fill God in his presence And, you know, when his presence is with you, you're going to be all right. doesn't matter what you're going through. When he's with you and you know he's with you, then you're going to be all right. Amen? This is the, the first thing that you need to remember when you see the cross. It's a promise for you. How many of you know when he shed his blood on the cross, he said, it is finished. I don't know about you, but that's good news for me. Because this is the promise. I'm forever his. I don't know about you, but you should shout just for that statement that we are forever his. We are forever his. Now, maybe that doesn't resonate to you or with you, but the Bible says that when we believe in him, we have eternal life. Meaning, meaning, when you give your life to God, your spirit is in his hands, and he never leaves you, never forsake. You you have a relationship with him, and it will never change. For me... For me, knowing that I'm his forever gives me peace. Let's look at Romans 8, 37. This is for some of you today. I want you to evaluate this scripture. This is for you. It says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is in ours through Christ who loves us. And I am convinced, tell your neighbor I'm convinced, that nothing can separate us from God's love. I want to tell you today, maybe you think today that something can separate you from God. The Bible, his word, says nothing. Nothing can separate you from God. If you're not feeling God, if you feel like he's far away, you got to know that's a lie from the enemy. you got to believe the truth. And the truth is this, that nothing can separate you from God's love. That's good news. Yeah, give God a hand if you want to. Come on, give God praise if you want to. Neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Man, nothing, nothing. You're his forever. Nothing. The enemy wants to lie to you and tell you that God's far away. He's not far away. He's right there with you. He's right there with you. I love that Jesus said, I'm going to give them eternal life. In John 10, and he says, nobody can snatch them out my hand. Nobody can snatch them out my hand. We are in the hands of God. That's in good hands. Not all state. 
You're in good hands because you've given your life to Jesus. Am I right about it? Man, I don't know about you, but evaluating the cross, I begin to say, I'm his forever. I don't have to worry. Listen, eternity is wrapped up for me. And as a matter of fact, I can feel heaven on earth right now because I can feel his presence. That just makes me want to shout. I mean, that makes me want to have, that gives me a certain perception. This life is short, but I'm going to live eternity with the king of the universe. As a matter of fact, he doesn't just let me in. He sees me as a son. As a matter of fact, he doesn't just say, you know what, I guess you kind of made it. He actually, God sees me as he does his, his son. And everything that he paid for belongs to you. Come on, man. Come on. If we believe it, we come into victory. If we believe it, we come into victory. Don't let your mind be renewed that it's just words. It's not just words. It's God's word. And when you believe it, you're going to become transformed. How many of you know that he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you experience God's love in your life? Do you feel his love in your life? You know something that cuts out the love of God in our lives? And I've noticed this. You know, in, in, uh, in leadership positions, you are close to a lot of people and you have a lot of opportunity to get offended. If you don't feel close to God and his love, you might have to check how your love is towards other people. How many of you know that the cross is vertical, but it's also horizontal? That God says it's not just between me and you, it's between other people. And if you experience my forgiveness, if you experience my love, then go ahead and forgive those people that are messing you up. I can tell you in the moment it's not fun. In the moment, listen, uh, I, old Evan can come out all the time. I'm just going to tell you. I thank God for communion. I thank God that, you know, there are times when I can just I can just get, like, frustrated or maybe bitter. Maybe not y'all. Maybe y'all are just holy and perfect. You're all Jesus' third cousins, and you're just, you do nothing wrong, right? But I know in my life I'm glad for the cross because when offenses come, and they will come, most likely come to the people that are closest to you. You have a decision to make. Jesus said, I want you to pray this way. Forgive us of our sins as we, as we forgive those who trespass against us. It is conditional. He forgives you, but if you want it, and he always forgives you. That's unconditional. But what's conditional is if you feel it or not. What's conditional is if you're experiencing his love or not. And it happens when we let it go. We let things go. You know, when they were putting Jesus on the cross, these were the people that he healed and set free. When they put him on the cross, he looked to the Father and he said, forgive them for they do not know what they do. If that were me, I would say, God, strike them dead. Would you not? But God says forgive them. He is the ultimate example of love. He is the ultimate example of I'm laying my life down for you that actually rejected me. And I love you before you ever loved me. Isn't God good? This is the second promise. My battles belong to the Lord. My battles belong to the Lord. I love in Romans 8, it says, if God is for us, 
against us. If God is for you, nothing can be against you. I love in Philippians 1, it says that God is going to finish the work that he started. See, you've been battling, you've been worrying, you think you got to figure it all out, but you got to realize something. At the cross, when you rely on the cross, all heaven is backing you up. The battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. Maybe you're dealing with a sickness. Maybe you're dealing with a relationship issue. This is what I want to tell you and encourage you today. It's difficult when you're swinging by yourself. It feels good when you have a little backup in a fight. And the Bible says the battle's not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. I want to read this to you, and I want you to receive this for your life. This will make you excited if you believe it. Let's read this. Psalms 91.3, it says this, For he will rescue you from every trap. That's good news because the enemy's setting traps right now. We had a rat in here. I'm not supposed to tell you that, but we had a rat in here. <laughs> I didn't even tell my wife about it. She would freak out. And we, we got a trap. We caught that thing. Me and Andrew celebrated. We were victorious hunters. I'm pretty sure there's another one roaming around, not to alarm anybody. But the enemy's setting a trap. He's always setting a trap. But the good news is, He's going to rescue you. God's going to rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. Can I say that again? You know what? When you hear, you hear, you know what, half of the school's out sick, you need to all of a sudden go to the cross and say, he's my healer. Because if you allow the thoughts, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, you might be sick. But if before you think I'm sick or I need to go to the doctor, bring up the cross. He can heal a headache. He can heal some sinuses. He can make the dead come to life. He can heal you. And if you're dealing with something in your body today, I want to encourage you that he will heal you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. He is, his faithful promises are your armor and protection. Come on, you've been feeling like the enemy's been hitting you upside the head. You need to put on some protection. What's the protection? It's God's promises. His, God, his word is true. It's going to come to pass. You just need to say, God, I'm going to worship you and praise you, and I'm going to believe that the victory has already happened at the cross. Come on, do you believe that? His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night, nor the arrows that fly during the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand are dying all around you. These evils will not touch you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? The battle belongs to the Lord. A lot of times in a battle, you feel like there's no way to go forth. It's a Red Sea moment. But this is what God says, although you think you can't go forward and there is no way, move forward because the sea is going to open up. And guess what? I'm opening up the sea for one reason, because when you get across, I'm going to destroy your enemies. I love that God said, listen, I'm going to prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. Maybe the enemy has stolen from you, stolen relationships, stolen finances, has stolen from your life, but this is the good news. God is setting up a table right now in the presence of your enemies to begin to pay him back. Come on. The enemy has to pay back. Don't stop. 
The Bible said, told Moses, he said, get up, stretch out your rod and begin to move in faith. God's going to swallow up your enemies. God's going to swallow up that disease in your body. God's going to swallow up that poverty. God's going to swallow up that relationship problem. Why? Because the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. Come on, he's a good God. He fights for us. If you believe it, give God a hand. Number three, my future is bright. My future is bright. No matter what you're going through, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek him in all you do, and he will show you the path to take. I love in Psalms 23, it says, he puts you on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For his name's sake. You know, God cares about his name. He says, I'm going to put you on the right path for my sake. That's good news. You're in good hands. Come on, hold on. Look at your neighbor and say, hold on. You know, it's true. You've, if you've lived for God for a little bit, you have found that it is right after the darkest hour becomes the dawn. And if you feel like it's just taking everything to hold on, you've got you to gotta know that your breakthrough is right around the corner. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that he knows the plans that he has for you. It's already mapped out, and they're plans of good. Maybe you've lost that job. God's got a plan. Maybe you've gone in a different direction. God has a plan. He has a plan for you, and he's going to make you get on it for his name's sake. He's going to work it out because he's a good shepherd. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. They, he gets me in line. He's going to put you in the path that you were born to be on. Come on, God wants you to begin to look at the cross and believe it. Look at your neighbor and say, your future is bright. Number four, and I love this one, I have access to a great inheritance. I have access to a great inheritance. Listen, the Bible says, Psalms 37, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. You wondered, is that dream going to come true? Yeah, if you believe. If you go to the cross, if you're injected with faith, because the world wants to make you think it can't happen. And somewhere on the inside of our subconscious, we think that God doesn't have the best for us, that it's some kind of trick. Let me tell you, it's no trick. That God wants to give you the desires of your heart. You have passions. You have desires. Some of you have a desire for business. Some of you have a desire for government. Some of you have a desire for teaching. Some of you have a desire to take care of others. God is going to cause you to and put you on a path that cause you to live out the desires that he put in your heart. So that's too good to be true. That's our God. That sounds too good. What, you, you're, you're saying... That even living a life of sin, when I repent, when I come to him, when I go to the cross, that he erases everything and that I get an inheritance? See, when Jesus died, he was the firstborn, and everything that he deserves goes to you. The Bible says that you're a joint heir. You're a joint heir with Jesus. Do you believe it? Peace is yours. Joy is yours. Blessing is yours. Grace is yours. Come on, authority is yours. Healing is yours. Breakthrough is yours. Overflow is yours. Purpose is yours. Wisdom is yours. Come on, love is yours. Restoration is yours. It all belongs to you because it's what Jesus deserved. Come on, do you believe that? 
You have an inheritance not when you die, not when you go to heaven. Right now. He said, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, it's a good news. Sometimes we just need to be reminded. We need to be reminded of this statement, Matthew 21, 22. For those of you that are worried about anything today, be reminded of this and whatever things you ask in prayer. Believing you will receive. Maybe the believing part is what you have a problem with. But that's when the power of the cross comes into play. Because when you evaluate it and you believe in it, your believing mechanism comes back alive. Your faith comes back alive. And it's your faith that's able to move mountains. Do you all believe that today? Come on, I believe today just like on that triumphant entry when they had those palm branches and they begin to wave it and they said, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna of the highest. And they had a parade and a victory. God wants us, God wants us to experience that victory today as we go to the cross. Now what God wants ask of you when he says, I want you to take communion See, what God asks of you is for you to just be real. To lay the things that maybe you don't have right in your life, you lay them before God and you say, God, I need you, and he fixes them. That's pretty good news. Quit running. Quit running because God's way is better. His ways are better. Am I right about it? Jesus wanted to freak out a bunch of people, so he stood up in a crowd and said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you're not going to have any part of me. Initially, people were like, I'm not into the cannibalism thing. But he was saying something significant. He said, if you believe that my body that was broken for you is the word over your life, if you believe in my blood that it's a covenant for you, then you're going to have life. And today, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to take communion and not in a flippant matter, but to evaluate the cross and evaluate your heart and say, God, I give you my all. And you're going to feel, you're going to feel that genuine thanksgiving overcome and override everything that's been keeping you down. I believe that the limits are coming off today in your life. The limits of, of your faith, the limits of your believing, the limit of your joy. I believe the limits are coming off today, not because of this church or the message, but because there's power in the cross. It's foolishness to those that are perishing, but it's the very power of God that those that believe. How many of you say you want to believe today?